Welcome to Spoil Your Appetite, I am Tristan. Alrighty, let's do this man, let's do this. It's uh, got everything to record this podcast. I got my Coke and rum here right now, and my red little cup with some ice, ready to talk about some things and whatnot. Just a few couple of things, but hey, what have I been up to lately? What have I been watching or playing lately? Um, well... As you guys know from last week, I told you all about how I'm um, watching uh, season one of Titans with a friend. Because as you know, um, he got both seasons on Blu-ray for free. And he's like, I'm going to go watch these or whatever. You should come and watch them with me. I'm like, no, I don't want to. And then he just knew that it'd be even more fun to watch the show with me. And, you know, yeah, we we... God, what episode are we on? We are, we left off with the, um, last episode I watched was with the Doom Patrol, and God, I want to say it was episode six or so, and so, yeah, we're almost close to being done with the show, and yeah, it's, it's a chore, and how do I feel about now re-watching it again? You know, it's... Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it's still very much the same feeling I got when I first watched it. And now, watching two episodes, you know, every time I go over to my friend's house and watch it with him, watching two episodes at a time, and yeah, just watching this, it's just like, everything is very, like, picking up and just going and going, and yeah, man, I just, I, I just... It's just not, I don't know, the writing's not there for me, and, you know, again, the only thing I like is everything that deals with Starfire, and her having to come up with, you know, trying to figure out who she is, or whatever, and she knows she's connected to Raven somehow, she's been there to either, you know, go with uh, Rachel and all that business and stuff like that, so yeah, there's there's that, and... (laughs) You know, also, so after we're done with that, I watch him play some Arkham City, and yeah, because he's never played Arkham City, and man, it's it's a chore. <laughs> it's a chore to watch him, and it's just like, this is, this is not, you know, <sighs> I mean, he's starting out, he's, he's trying, he's trying, and, but he's failing miserably, but hey, I'm just there to guide him or whatever, because if I really wanted to, would have beaten half the game <laughs> or whatever for him and whatnot, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. And then today, what did I do today? Basically, slept, just ate some stuff. But I did um, watch uh, a movie today. I watched a movie today, and you know, it's not part of my topics or whatever. But um, you know, I'm just catching you guys up on what I've been doing lately. And lately, I just a couple, I think like an hour ago, I finished the, I finished uh, watching Dr. Sleep that the director's caught on HBO Max, because I believe as of the 28th, which is today, um, it, it's not going to be on HBO Max, and I've been wanting to watch it because, mainly because it's a sequel to The Shining. Now, it's, you know, it's Stephen King. And personally for me, never read the novels. I 
I don't even think I've ever read a Stephen King book, honestly. I've never read them. I've only been introduced to his movies or whatever. I think the only Stephen King movie I can recall that I've seen is The Shining, and that's it. So, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I've seen both It movies. So there's that. And yeah, I'm not sure why I went to go see It, honestly. Not sure why, what drew me to it, it Chapter 1, but, you know, dug those movies. But yeah, The Shining was the first Stephen King adapted into a book, uh, into a movie, which I saw. And, you know, it's, it's easily like many horror fans. Uh, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And, you know, the fact that there is a sequel to that movie is interesting. I remember hearing about it, and then, you know, Ian McGregor's playing Danny Torrance, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then I saw the marketing, and then I guess it just, I, I guess I just never had the time to watch it until, you know, um, just an hour ago, finishing it. Um, yeah, man, I, it's, see, this movie is one of those examples of doing a sequel to a movie decades later that's done right you know we've had um what other movies can i give a good example uh blade runner 2049 comes to mind i felt like the sequel to blade runner 2049 was very much was was worthy as a sequel like it very much felt like yeah you're expanding on the blade runner world and whatnot and so you know with dr sleep it's it's very much you know, it's, for those that don't know, for the longest time, you know, since the very beginning, um, Stephen King was not a fan of Stanley Kubrick's, uh, adaptation of his, uh, book The Shining, and, but, you know, as time passed on, many people love it, and it's regarded as one of the best horror movies of all time, and, you know, it's a big, tall order to do a sequel to one of the greatest horror movies of all time, and so, you know, it's a tall order, and I know there's gonna be, you know, hardcore fans who are against it, I mean, for me, I'm willing to give anything a shot, especially if, you know, the marketing is good, or whatever, like, if the marketing can draw me into it, I'll definitely check it out, and, you know, having finishing it, or at least the director's cut, I really enjoyed it, I really dug it a lot, Ian McGregor as Danny Torrance was such a good casting, honestly. I mean, Ian McGregor's pretty much, well, as far as everything that I've seen him in, he's pretty great. He's a good, great performer, and I love him in almost everything he's done. He's never really, I've never really seen him in anything that I haven't been turned off from, honestly. And, you know, him as Danny Torrance, who, it's just great. You know, the movie is basically about Ian McGregor as Danny Torrance, as an adult suffering with, you know, the trauma that came from his childhood when his father tried to murder him and whatnot, and his uh, mother at the time. And so now we're looking at an older Danny who is just very much dealing with that trauma and, you know, staying low, not really giving into his um, shining, aka his power, but he, they call it his shining because that's his power. And, you know, while in the midst of it, there's this group of people who want uh who are basically taking uh the believe they're the uh, the essence of the shining powers from like 
uh, basically kids who have some sort of shining power and is taking it for them to survive and be just be immortal you know uh what what was the line that's you know uh rosie the hat or geez is that it rosie the hat is the main villain i believe rosie the hat is the main villain i should really have <laughs> i really need to plug up should be more prepared from now on but yeah Rebecca Ferguson plays the she plays the main villain and yep Rose the Hat so she basically leads this gang of people who are trying to grab essence from these kids that they find and you know murder them basically take their essence to you know you know live long eat well and whatnot you know just to live on forever and ever and you know and then there's this other main kid who is basically her power is she she's a looker apparently she can uh look or you know basically find people or you know look at people from far distance or whatever and she has this power and yeah it's it's very good i i really dug it a lot and so her first like you know interaction with um someone who has the shining is basically danny torrance and danny Torrance at this point is trying to again trying to deal with the trauma but at the same time he's trying to get clean and you know he's doing well getting clean and while also talking through talking to this girl through basically writing messages on a wall and it's it's very it's very good i i think there's a lot to love about this movie first things first you know getting seeing more of the villains and you know just seeing where they're coming from and their evil doings and them just trying to survive trying to find their next victim so they can get this essence to breathe in so they can live longer and whatnot and you know how they recruit their people i mean they recruited someone in the very first act of the movie where this person can basically tell anybody what to do and whatnot you know and you see that and they basically have to have her inhale some shining basically it kills her and then you know she's brought back and she basically can stay that age for as long as she wants and whatnot and so it's really great it's really it's really good i like seeing that perspective on it i also love that you know this movie isn't very flashy you know generally when they do sequels to movies from like decades ago they want to try and do it over the top and be flashy about it without trying to give get us to care about the characters that you know in this movie and whatnot and i felt they did a great you know service to the characters in it especially danny torrance who is suffering it's getting clean and you know there is this eight-year period where we see danny who's more of who's clean and whatnot and basically is doing better he has a job he has a stable and also talking to this girl and then you know shit does hit the fan when the girl sees the uh, this group the the main antagonist basically killing this boy which is horrific as hell i mean it's just it the whole that whole sequence was just chilling to the bone and i just 
I felt uncomfortable. And that's the thing about this movie. It's very... It's, you know... Scary slash disturbing. It's just like... It's very disturbing on many levels. And it just felt... You just feel icky watching this at times. And it's it's really it's very unsettling and you know it's it's definitely not one of those horror movies that tries and does jump scares and you know relies on the scares and whatnot no it's about it's about the characters and i really dug that about this movie a lot and you know i think one of my favorite moments from the movie is when uh rebecca ferguson is looking for the main kid um who is looking for her name is abra basically abra sees rose the hat and them and her uh people killing this kid or whatever and uh rose the hat senses abra and so in the midst and so you know basically rose the hat is basically like we gotta find her and we gotta basically like drain her but not kill her just drain her essence to stay as long as we can and it's it's really it's really great and so there's a sequence where rose the hat goes looking for her not physically but like mentally uh sort of like hmm, like a out-of-body experience i'm not sure what the word is called but you know what i'm talking about goes to find abra she finds her and you know when it comes to these people with the shining or whatever they can basically I believe when they basically can see all these ghosts or whatever, they can basically have them be locked up. All these traumas or whatever. They can lock them up in these, like, they're basically their own box. Whether, like, for example, Abra has basically file cabinets of, you know, stuff she locks up. Whereas with Danny, he has suitcases and, you know, all the ghosts that he's locked away in that essence in those and so you know rose the hat finds abra and you know she goes looking through these the file cabinets of i guess the memories and the ghost she probably locked up and you know abra basically trapped her there for a second it was a trap for rose the hat and there's this there's a moment where she gets her hand stuck in the file cabinet and rose the hat pulls her hand off and you see the skin coming off her hand and oh my god it's ooh, it's brutal and gruesome man like little moments like that just just really gets you honestly and i i really liked it now i mean and you know what's also great is you know we see more of the backstory when it comes to danny when it they show more of the backstory with danny what happened after the hotel you know basically him that we get little flashback as him as a kid and coming into power with his shine and whatnot and it's great stuff like that and the last third act does deal with you know very amazingly in the movie uh danny and abra team up and danny brings a friend over who basically gave him a job to take out the group rose the hat's group or whatever and it's very great till it leads to it's just rose and abra and danny and so danny is like we're gonna you know basically go to colorado and they the whole last sequence is in that hotel from the first movie and it's great i mean chris stuckman said it best i mean this they 
there's a certain type of fan service. You know, fan service can be good if you do it the right way. And, you know, with Dr. Sleep, I felt like they did it the right way. They gave you these first two acts of just this building of the characters and this tension between, you know, Rose the Hat and her people against, you know, Abra and Danny. But more of, like, that more happens in the second act. But, you know, it it's just this building getting you to care about these characters that then you get the big payoff where the big showdown happens between Danny, Abra, and uh, Rose the Hat and it's great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and you know of course the callbacks are there and it's it's rarely, it's really great. I really dug it a lot and yeah Mike Flanagan who uh, directed and wrote the screenplay for this just does a fantastic job with it. I mean, you know, I don't know if he was allowed to, you know, basically have all the creative control or whatever, but man, he did a sweet job taking care of just doing this sequel and just honoring what came beforehand and just continuing the story and not trying to go into that trope of like, you know, hey guys, this is the Shining sequel or whatever, you know. And so... It, it was really great, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And it wasn't until today that I learned that Mike Flanagan uh, was involved with one of my, you know, another favorite horror movie of mine, which is Hush, which is now on Netflix. And, you know, Hush is about basically, uh, basically about a girl who's deaf trying to defend herself against uh, a guy who's trying to come into her house and kill her and whatnot so the fact that he was a part of that just makes me feel like i think i need to start watching more of mike flanagan stuff and yeah man dr sleep i i really enjoyed it there's there's a lot to love about it you know whether it's you know the performance from e mcgregor or rebecca ferguson as rose the hat or the little girl that played abra and it's just phenomenal and you know what's also phenomenal was the fact that, you know, I, I imagine it would have... I'm so glad they didn't go with the CGI, CGIing the, um, um, what's it called, Danny's mother and dad, you know. Because, you know, I imagine they had to do, like, a young Jack Nicholson. That would have, with CGI, that would have taken a lot of money. But I love the fact that, you know at the end of the day they recasted it and I'm sure you know some people are not going to like that but for me personally I just felt like it's more about the character more so than who's playing the character like I mean yeah the girl the actress that they got who plays um the Danny's mom looks almost exactly like the actress from The Shining and it's you know and they do show um the dad he's in it actually and they recasted it and i thought he did a great job as well and so yeah man dr sleep was really good i really dug it a lot so yeah that's that's my quick thoughts on um dr sleep for you um so yeah let's get to the news shall we because that's all i did for since i last was on here recording uh, let's talk about just a few things I have on here, honestly. And the first one being the Army of the Dead trailer has a teaser trailer. Uh, coming from Zack Snyder, uh, this is going to debut on Netflix. And we got a 
teaser to look at it and you know it's a teaser there's really not much going on so it's basically a zombie apocalypse happening in Las Vegas and yeah there's not much to talk about honestly that's just a lot of cool shit just seeing zombies and a lot of action and yeah um I'll check it out because you know I want to see what Zack Snyder does when he's not adapting um property because it seems like you know the only original films that he hasn't adapted that aren't adapted are um the owl movie and then sucker punch and then yeah that's pretty much it because everything else he's done is basically purely adapted with 300 watchmen the dc movies uh the dawn of the dead remake or whatever so yeah i'm i'm very curious to see what he does outside of adapted material so yeah i'm looking forward to watching this because it's just I'm just curious to see what Zack Snyder does outside of adapted material. But yeah, that's... But overall, there's really nothing to, like... There's really nothing much to say about that teaser trailer. Because, you know, it's not a trailer trailer. So once, you know, I get another trailer, once we get another trailer, there's probably more to talk about it. But yeah, that's just kind of my quick take on it. Um... So the creators of Avatar want to expand the universe. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, that is, not the James Cameron Avatar movies. So the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender want to expand the universe with more uh, spin-off shows and another Avatar The Last Airbender animated movie, which is like, okay, because, you know... Famously, you know, we saw that they basically just left the project for Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender. So it's like, okay, I guess this is what they're going to do. And I think they even set up a studio, which, you know, okay. You know, I, at first I'm like, I mean, I guess. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? This does kind of sound like an interesting idea because you could tell so many stories you could like you could tell so many stories now i watched avatar the last airbender you know there's a lot you could really tell you know i haven't seen legend of korra but i remember just thinking you know you could tell you know probably the stories of any of the previous avatars before ang ever came to be and whatnot or you could you know basically tell the story of the Fire Nation rising to power or whatever and how they basically took control all that stuff and just became the dominant uh what's it called yeah <laughs> you know what I mean so the Fire Nation come to power or you know the, the 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 origins of how you know who was the first person to wield you know either air bending, fire bending, water bending, earth bending, all that. You could tell a story of that. You could tell, you know, any story. Like there's really you could really go anywhere in the Avatar universe. And, you know, I'm kind of fascinated by it all. I'm also fascinated about this animated movie that they're gonna make, which is like, okay, is it going to be the retelling of Avatar the Last Airbender? 
I mean, probably not, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious about it. I mean, you could also tell, you know, some sort of story of, you know, because I know The Legend of Korra takes 80 years after Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, maybe they could tell a story of, like, you know, adult Aang as the uh, Avatar becoming, you know, restoring order, helping out and whatnot, and fighting whatever threats he needs to fight. Or better yet, you could give Zuko uh, a spinoff story where he's going out to find his mother and whatnot. You know, stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I'm for it, you know. They want to expand the universe? Yeah, tell any story. It's kind of like, you know, there's so much that, you know, we see in Avatar The Last Airbender that, man... The mythology alone, it's like you can go anywhere in it. It's like Star Wars. Like, with Star Wars, you can go anywhere. It doesn't have to be about the Skywalkers. And in in this instance, with Avatar The Last Airbender, it doesn't have to be about Aang and the gang. But if they wanted to, they could tell some sort of story like that. Or they could just go off and tell their own story. And so, yeah, I'm I'm very curious about that. I... I want to see what they do with it, and I, you know, I wish them the best of luck, and yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how that all goes, honestly. Now, let's talk about some Superman news, shall we? Let's talk about, I guess, let's talk about the Superman reboot. So, it's being reported Superman is being rebooted from J.J. Abrams's. uh... J.J. Abrams is producing, and let me get the writer real quick. Somebody is pinning the script, and he is supposedly a, what's it called? He's a award winner, you know, basically. Uh, Ta Nahashi is basically going to write the Superman reboot. Um, it's also being reported that... This Superman might be the black Superman. Now, whether it's going to be, you know, basically having Kal-El as black, uh, Kal-El black, or if they're going to do uh, Val Zod slash um, Calvin, what's his last name? Calvin something. I can't remember him. Uh, Val Zod, as he's called, but... Uh, let me see. Trying to look this up because it's really hard. Um, but yeah, there's a black, there's two black Superman actually, and I, I've never really, I never really read any of those stories honestly. But who knows what this is gonna be? Basically, I don't know if it's yeah, if it's gonna be basically Calvin Ellis is what the black Superman from Earth Two, I believe. And I know there's another black Superman. I can't remember his name. Again, I haven't read these stories at all. So if that's what they're going to do or they're just going to basically make Kal-El black, okay, fine. Of course, my first instinct is like Superman reboot. All right, better have Henry Cavill back because, you know, if it's a reboot, okay, you know, you could still have Henry Cavill, you know, if you wanted to. Basically, because, I mean, let's look at uh, the Halloween movies. You know, you could basically do what certain franchises are doing and basically just, you know, doing a sequel while 
doing a reboot. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but you know, just just do that because I, I I would love to see Henry Cavill back as Superman. I mean, it's been eight years since we've had any like news on a Superman movie in general, and so you know, for the longest time, I thought you know it's probably going to be a while before we see Superman on the big screen. But since this is in the news, you know, yeah, I want Henry Cavill back. But at the same time, I'm like, if it's not Henry Cavill, oh well. I mean, you know, I'm going to be upset just for a second. But other than that, I'll, I'll get over it, honestly. Because at this point, it's it's been eight years since, you know, Man of Steel. You know, we've seen Superman, Henry Cavill as Superman, and Batman v Superman, and in Justice League. And that's about it. You know, and it's just like, just this, you know, year after year after year after year, not having any news on a Superman movie. I'm just like, I just that need of a sequel to Man of Steel has just died out for me. Like, I just, I don't care anymore. Like, I just really, I mean, I I, I want Henry Cavill to be back, but if not, okay. Because, you know, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Kind of tired. Of like hoping to see Henry Cavill back as Superman, because it's been so long, and it's like you know what, uh, it's you know you do whatever you want. You want to reboot Superman? All right, go for it. You know it is what it is. I still have Man of Steel, and I'm always gonna love Man of Steel. And yeah, it's a bummer, but at the same time, I I I've given up on the idea of seeing Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. I'm just like you know what, it is what it is. And if there's any teeny tiny hope that he's coming back, great. But at the same time, there's not enough hope for me to be like, yes, I'm ready to see it. You know, there's not enough energy or excitement or whatever. I'll be excited when they announce, yeah, we're bringing Henry Cavill back as Superman. Like, that's when I'll get excited. But until then, I'm not going to play this, you know, is he or is he not kind of game. I'm just like, okay, they're going to reboot it. Fine. I've been here before, I've seen so many iterations of Batman, I've read so many comics, and, you know, there's been different writers for Batman, and I've read those stories, so, I'm not upset about it, I'm not upset about it, and so, this whole reboot Superman, it's like, okay, but if you want to tell, you know, you know, you want to make Superman black, alright, fine, go for it, you know, uh, I'll, I'm curious, like, show me what you got, like, I would love to see it, and like, is it going to be, Ka- uh, like I said, will it be Kal-El or is it going to be actually those two Superman, Superman from those different Earths or whatever? Like, kind of curious. I mean, at the same time, it's like I, I kind of would, now that I'm talking about it, it's like I kind of, I kind of would love to see an Earth 2 sort of uh, DC universe kind of deal, you know? I'd love to see, you know, a black Superman and, you know, all those characters, uh, all those different, like, different versions of those characters on a different Earth that, you know, the the average person isn't, like, familiar with. So, yeah, I, as a fan, I'm just like, you know, that does kind of sound interesting. Like, an Earth 2 sort of DC cinematic universe, you know, I think I just convinced myself that, if if they wanted to do this, hell yeah, do that. Like, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, are all the the main superheroes on Earth two black? Because yeah, why not? I mean, what what's their story? Or you know, I think I don't know if Earth two is the Flashpoint Batman, but I mean, if he is, then oh man, Thomas Wayne Batman teaming up with uh, Calvin Ellis, who is apparently Val Zod, and I guess Val Zod is. Uh, his father is Zod, so yeah, man. You know what? You know what? I just convinced myself if, that, if that's where they're going with this. Yeah, I, I, I do want to see that now. I really do want to see that now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. I just, just the things you could do and not have to like, you know, seeing those stories bring to the big screen and not the the typical Callow Superman stories, whatnot. Yeah, I would like that. I would actually like that, to be honest. So yeah, I say, you know, if that's what we're getting, Earth 2 DC Cinematic Universe, hell yeah, bring that on. So yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, now I'm excited for this reboot. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Now let's continue on by talking about Superman, and that is, let's talk about the Superman and Lois CW pilot premiere episode. Man, all all I can say is, I I where do I even begin? I I I just I don't know where to start. Honestly, I really don't. Now, for me, seeing Tyler Hoechlin as Superman on Supergirl, you know, I I like him as you know Superman. He's very much got that you know. He's very much reminds me of the Boy Scout Superman, you know, good-looking Superman doing his, you know, doing the right thing, having no struggle at all. And, you know, he's vastly different from Henry Cavill Superman, obviously. So, you know, the fact that he's getting that that version, iteration is getting a CW show is like, okay, so we're bringing Superman back on the small screen. That's pretty neat, I guess. And, you know, it's coming to the CW and, you know, I mean, look, lately, I I just, I don't know, you know, CW, DC shows these days, I'm just like, I'm kind of, kind of starting to fall out of them. I mean, I'm still going to watch Flash, Legends, and, and now Superman, Lois, and Black Lightning, which Black Lightning is on its last season, unfortunately. That's it. I don't. I don't think I want to start any of the new shows. I mean, I don't even know if I want to give Wonder Girl a shot because I'm just like, I don't know. But I will say this: I'll give it three episodes, and if it's anything like Superman Lois, yeah, I'll probably still keep around. But you know, let's talk about Superman Lois. Um, I I was not surprised how different. It was gonna be. I was not surprised because you know we saw the trailer, and judging from that trailer, I got the sense that this is gonna be different. You know, and upon you know finishing the pilot episode, I was not expecting it to be so vastly different from previous um, CW DC shows. Because of one simple factor, and that is the story structure. The story structure is very 
is we haven't seen this before. It's very different from the other DC CW shows. And then in the sense of like, okay, if you never basically if you've never seen a CW DC show, it's basically it breaks down like this for those shows. They basically they have a problem. So the hero has a problem. You know, problem gets introduced, hero goes and faces that problem, gets his ass kicked, okay, gotta gotta hold back, gotta find out what's the weakness, how do we defeat this character or whatever. And then the big final act is we beat the character and yay, we save the day. And then on to the and so on and so on. That's basically how all that story structures for the DCCW shows. And really, you could kind of apply that for all their shows, honestly. But with this one, not the case at all. It very much felt like, you know, there's just this narrative that they're just telling or whatever. And what's even more incredible is like, you know, we don't see Superman in the suit as much. You know, we see him in the very beginning and, you know, at the very end. And that's pretty much it. Which is interesting. The whole time, it basically takes on the uh, Kent farm. Because in the episode... And I'm going to give him spoilers, so... Sorry. But, um... So in the beginning, we get the the montage. We get the, you know... This narrative... This narration by Clark Kent. Kal-El. Basically tell him his upbringing and whatnot. So much so that we see the very first... You know, we see his iconic first look costume from the comics. And it's just, it's great. It, it, I love that little nod. And, you know, I remember seeing a screenshot and thinking, oh, so they're just basically going to say, you know, he's been here for that long, maybe? I don't know. But, no, not the case at all. It's definitely in modern times. Um, but, yeah, the main episode, this main, this episode is just mainly about, you know, basically takes place on Clark Kent's uh the Kent farm and because you know not only is Jonathan passed away when Clark was a kid but as an adult uh Martha Kent passes away and you know Martha Kent's intention was always to give the farm to um Clark and you know it's there's just this sense of like okay you know, are they going to keep it or are they going to give it to the bank? And sure enough, they, they're going to keep it. And, you know, it's it, it was just so interesting to see just, you know, just more talking about, you know, how, you know, much, you know, how much, you know, Clark doesn't come to Smallville and whatnot. Because, you know, the people of Smallville think he looks down on Smallville and all this stuff and whatnot. It's basically... Smallville is basically the countryside of the world. While, you know, him living in Metropolis with his boys, his teenagers are, you know, living in Metropolis, the big city, and so, yeah, stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. I love that it's just these little moments where it's like, it's not, like, relying on the spectacular or whatever. It's really great. I really like these smaller moments and whatnot it's not punching punching smashy smashy or whatever um you know i think tyler hulkland as uh Kal-El was pretty great i mean i i really like him as superman as well as uh henry cavill 
and then the girl that plays Lois, I'm forgetting her name, and I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting it, but she's great too. I really dig her a lot, and you know, just seeing Kal-El as a dad, like, I, I love that. I love seeing something new with that. It's like, you know, okay, you're going to do Superman as a show. What are you going to bring to the table that's new and refreshing? And, you know, he's a dad. He's got teenagers. Now, what's also interesting about this pilot is, like, they don't really reference any of the CW events, like Crisis or anything like that. Like, it's very interesting. And from what I remember from Crisis, um, his boys were basically babies, and now they're teenagers, and maybe that's because of Crisis or whatever. But, yeah... So he's got two teenagers, Jonathan and Jordan. Uh, Jonathan being the perfect son or whatever, you know, no problems, no issues. And then Jordan, who suffers with social anxieties and whatnot. And the fact that he's the one that gets the powers is just like, oh, dude, I love it. I love these two actors playing the, um, the sons. I think they're great. And I like the fact that, as of now at least, there's only one that has superpowers. And so... I, I, I can't wait. And just, you know, the fact that Kal-El never told them, told his his uh, his sons about, you know, that he's Superman. It's just like, you know, just that fear that Kal-El had. Just being like, I don't want them to feel like, you know, they're freaks or whatever in all this business. When, in reality, Jordan already feels like a freak as is because, you know, he suffer, suffers with anxiety and... I I really liked it, you know, there's always going to be drama in these shows, because what's a show without a little drama? And, but, you know, the the script alone, and just this whole episode, I just kept thinking to myself, there's no way this is a CW show. This just doesn't feel like a CW show. And so I'm just like, I am curious to see, you know, more going forward, honestly. And I'll be honest, the thing I didn't like about this um, this episode is the action stuff. Like, not because it's bad, but I just felt like, okay, cool, this is cool and all, but, like, let's get back to, like, you know, the family drama or whatever. I like seeing Superman dealing with human stuff or whatever. It's like, it's cool, I can see him punch and smash or whatever, or get his ass kicked in this episode, as we see. But I was just, like, I was just not as invested in that. As much as I was seeing him trying to deal, trying to socialize with, you know, connect with his uh, son, uh, Jordan and whatnot. Like, he's he's very connected with uh, Jonathan, but with Jordan, not so much. And I liked seeing that. I really did like seeing that a lot. And there's a great line by, I love how Lois is like, you know, you're dad. You know, you need to be here more so than being out there as Superman. I love the fact that in that scene, um, General Lane is basically telling Lois that, you know, you should have known when you married Superman that he wasn't always, he's gonna have to be Superman because he owes the world everything. And it's just like, just that duality Cal has to face, like, on a daily basis, you know? The fact that there's this pressure on him trying to be a dad and whatnot, trying to keep up with his boys and stuff like that, man. It's just... I love that shit. Um, but yeah, the action, I could have cared less for. I mean, Captain Luther, it's like, okay, 
alright, whatever, cool, cool, we have our main villain, but I just, I didn't really care about the main villain as much, because I was like, I, I'm just, I love everything else that doesn't deal with the spectacular. Now, granted, the whole nuclear, cooling down the nuclear uh, power plant, that was cool, I love that sequence a lot, but yeah, um, another thing I didn't like, I'm not really a fan of the suit, yeah, I'm not a fan of Superman's suit. It's not so much... It, it's just more of the costume itself. I love the design. I love the design a lot. But I'm just not a fan of the uh, the costume. It very much feels like a costume you would get from like a costume uh, store. Like a Walmart or a Party City. Stuff like that. It looks, you know, as far as... Besides the cape, you know, the suit itself. It looks very much like... Yeah, it look, very much looks like a Party City costume to me. And, you know, I I just would have loved to see more like, you know, the suit pop out. You know, sort of just have that 3D print on it. Especially like the Superman crest. Like, that could have... They could have, like, slapped on a Superman crest on his chest, you know? Instead of it just being part of the suit or whatever, you know? Uh, I mean... Is it a nitpick? I guess. Whatever. But even then, you know, like I said, I love the design. But, you know, just the Party City suit just kind of kind of takes me out of it just a bit. But, you know, I'll get used to it. You know, I'm just... Yeah, that's kind of surprising too. Because I had heard that HBO Max put in a lot of money into this pilot. And it's like, could I just put more money into that costume or whatever? You know, maybe it's just the pilot and later on the <laughs> later on the season we'll see it pop more out. I don't know. But, yeah, because it's like the CW is very good at making, you know, their suits or whatever. I mean, I've never really seen any of the superhero suits that I didn't like, you know. They, I, I don't know. They're just, you know, I would just like more texture to it, you know. And that's it. That's That's all I can say about that suit. But yeah, man, the pilot episode, I was very, very surprised by the structure act. Very much felt like it was just, they're just telling a story, they're not worried about the threat or whatever, they're dealing with their family drama, and yeah, man, I I, I was very hooked in, and I, I can't wait to see more. I am very curious to see what happens next, and I don't know how many episodes there are. I mean, if they're keeping it under 20 or so, or they'll do 17 or something like that, you know, great. But, I mean, I just I just hope that their story structure doesn't fall back to the other CW TV shows or whatever. So, but yeah, that's, those are my thoughts on the Superman Lois uh, pilot episode, and I'm looking forward to more. So, I can't wait to see more. And yeah, so that's all I got for this week. So thank you all for listening once again. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Alexander underscore Thorpe. There's no E at the end. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Alexander underscore Thorpe. There's no E at the end again. So yeah, just follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Tristan, and you've just been spoiled.